Hi, I'm Ray. And I'm Saren. We're your Spider Baby hosts from To Know Her Is To Fear Her, a Spider Woman podcast, as well as proud members of The Collective. You're listening to Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. Sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ray Zod, and for tonight, it's just me, baby. Yes, Ray Zod, I have gone one step closer to intergalactic dominance, uh, and I am here without Conorel, without my other half to temper this diabolical and sinister side that is Zod. Anyway, hello, welcome. Uh, I will be reviewing a comic for you tonight. Um, no news. Look, I usually leave that to Conorel. He's good at that sort of stuff. So I'm not too sure of any news other than I might be totally outdated here. I've just been internet surfing just a while ago. Uh, the Man of Steel Volume 2 hardcover by John Byrne has been released. Uh, it's, uh, I'm not sure again, I'm assuming it's new, but it may have released the last few weeks. Who knows? Anyway, it looks pretty good. I was seriously considering picking up my hard copies. Um, I've got a little bit of coin just, you know, jangling in the pocket. Might be time to you know, to spoil Razod, you know, for, for the upcoming upcoming uh, takeover of the world and the galaxy. Anyway, so that is kind of, I think, the only news um, other than uh, other than that. Uh, there is a, a trailer for Superman and Lois, I believe. Uh, Connor L. has diligently watched that. Um, again, I'm sorry, guys. I am a Zodonian. I haven't been able to catch it yet, but... From all, um, from all opinions coming towards me, it seems like it's a good, it's a good preview, a good trailer. So there's hope in it yet for this new TV series. Hopefully, we'll get some some good characterizations. Hopefully, we'll get uh, you know some some plots lifted from the Superman canon. Um, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they won't go to Supergirl for that. Although they've been guilty, you know what I mean? <laughs> the other way around. I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, so um, that dropped as well, which would be pretty interesting. Look, I might, after this recording, I might well just go and and have a little gander. Have a little a little look-see in that myself. I've been a little busy. I look, just off, you know, off the total, total topic, I, um, I've been trying to prep myself for the, the Godzilla v. King Kong movie coming out in March. I'm loving that. It looks really good. I got really hyped from the trailer, so I've been going through the monster movies. I watched King Kong last night. It was uh, over three hours long, but it was three hours well well worth spent, I think. Um, I don't think it's got a big enough rap, that movie, but it, it's it got all the hallmarks of a... Oh, I wouldn't say a timeless. It, it, it leans towards a classic look, which is really good from Peter Jackson. 
um, I was just imagining how well generations see it, similar to the, the 1970s one with Jeff Bridges, or, or indeed the original one. Um, I grew up on the, the 70s one, actually, um, and I remember that with fond memory. Um, just, you know, it's it's quite a good story. So this one, King Kong, was done pretty well, the the Peter Jackson one. Uh, if you don't mind epics, you know, if you can stick through this, the likes of Lord of the Rings, then three hours, seven minutes should be a, a walk in the park if you're looking at King Kong. Anyway, highly recommended. I'm, I'm going to work my way through Godzilla, Godzilla 2, Kong, Skull Island, all that sort of stuff in, in prep for that movie. So I've been, I've been busy with that and uh, just some other, you know, just some other TV shows, um, but I will get on to the Superman and Lois. Let's keep, you know, let's stay focused, Ray. Let's keep it Superman-centric. Stop talking about monsters. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, tonight, my choice, so that's good. It's all on me. Actually, I really did enjoy this issue. We'll get, we'll get into it. Uh, it is Action Comics 713, and this was... From the glorious 90s, I'm just looking at the fine print, it may look like 95, uh, by David Michelini, Kieran Dwyer, and some other chap, Rodia. Apologies, Rodia. I, I, I do know David Michelini, I'm a big fan of his uh, in, in the Marvel Universe. Uh, he's done some Iron Man, some Spider-Man. Not long ago, I... I want to give a shout out to Dave from the Swamp, from the Signal of Doom. I was I was guesting on that show, the prelude to their 200th show, and we did a Valiant Comics Turok, the Dinosaur Hunter um, review, and that was written by David Michelini as well. Um, anyway, as an aside, he's a, he's a good writer. I, I do enjoy him. He's a nice, he's got a nice flowing style, easy read, uh, and fun stories. Anyway, so 713 action comics. Um yeah we'll uh, we'll get into that so without any further ado why don't I I think I will thank you Ray um <laughs> we fly off to I guess it would be metropolis Metrop- metropolis metropolis because that is where savior is uh, is stationed in this issue and uh, we'll take it from there let's go Tell me his name again. Thanos. I think I shall call him... Adam. But return to me again empty-handed, and I will bathe the starways in your blood. Thanks, Dad. Sounds fair. Korvac's power grows, as does his madness. He would have destroyed us all, had I not pulled us into the Soul Gem. Then Thanos, I'm coming for you. After Xandar, you were going to kill my father? You dare to oppose me? You see what he has turned me into? You kill him, I will help you destroy a thousand planets. It's alright Adam, we're here to help. Just stay cool. I don't want to be here! Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Five years and going strong. Every other week, mostly. 
for all of your Adam Warlock, Thanos, or Marvel Cosmic needs. Find it on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are available. Resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com Adam Warlock, you cannot keep leaving your philosophy books open on the floor. I always trip on them in the middle of the night on my way to the can. Action Comics, Volume 1, 713. Ramsey Murdoch believes that Superman never really returned from the grave and refers to him as the Deceiver. Although he develops amazing physical and mental powers, he is defeated in a battle with the Man of Steel with the help of Ron Troop and then is held in Star Labs for testing. Yes, there you go, superfans. A very short, sharp synopsis. I was looking for a longer one. It's uh, it's not often that you see either Conorell or myself looking for a longer synopsis. I checked Comic Vine. I tried to check. Conorell has a has a knack of using Wikipedia. I always end up in the um, which is really good uh, in the fandom wiki page. Uh, that's where I ripped this one from. There's not much to it. Uh, I also looked at what is the other? Oh, I also looked at another website. All one-liners. Um, but look, truth be told, it is a pretty simple, a uh, simple story. Uh, I did choose it because I, I kind of was under the impression it was a nice one and done. It was a one-shot, and you could argue that it was uh it was just a short sharp action-packed issue but we'll get to that later we've got some feedback and uh and it really opened my eyes to it so uh anyway i'm going to read out the details here so as i mentioned action comics volume one issue 713 it was released september 1995 and we have our cover artists kieran dwyer dennis rodia suzanne bordages and android images um I don't know what that did. Uh, and for this issue, which was subtitled Scarlet Salvation, uh, we had writer David Michelini, pencilers Kieran Dwyer, inkers Dennis Rodia, colorist Glenn uh, Whitmore, letterer Bill Oakley, and editors, ooh, there's a few of them, Mike Carlin, Casey Carlson, Chris Duffy, and Mike McAvaney. So, uh, yeah, so... Uh, as mentioned, I think this is a very short, sharp, and as as uh, shown in the synopsis, a very straightforward issue. It had a, the guy, um, Ramsey Murdoch, pretty cool name, uh, and it opens up with him. He's uh, apparently a serial killer. He's living in some sort of squalor, but he's got these funky powers. He can actually, very godlike, he, whatever he thinks of, he can, he can do. So... Um, Early on, I like this little nod. It's a little nod to the to the competition here. He um he watches a TV show with that green bloke. He says, and he tries that out. And lo and behold, he can rip his shirt, you know, bust out of his shoes and become like the Incredible Hulk. Not green, but he becomes kind of Hulk-like. Uh, and that's a great opener, I think, because uh, for someone who is coming at this totally blind and as a new reader it just sets you know it sets him up straight away um and not only that we see him kind of materializing a knife out of thin air so again his powers set seems pretty high level uh, if you can do that sort of thing i mean you well, you can he can 
literally just imagine, I guess, an atomic bomb or you know, anything, like anything totally out of the world. I wonder if you can just like summon up a sun, something like that. Anyway, so he, he starts it and he's got some sort of um, vendetta against the Deceiver, uh, who we later find out he believes is Superman because I'm assuming this all takes place after the death of Superman and the return of Superman, all that kind of pizzazz that came with it. I'm not totally across all of it, but um, basically Superman died, right? And then there were these, uh, as you know, I'm sure you know Supervans, a group of super people, and it was like, who's who's the real one, you know? Um, and the real Superman comes back with shackers. I call them shackers. I don't know. It's an Australian thing. It's a mullet. I liked uh, shackers is short for kind of like shackles, I guess. Got little shackers at the back there. So anyway, um, he reckons that this Superman is a deceiver. And look, Clark Kent with a ponytail. I mean, I would be asking the question myself, seriously. Okay, Clark Kent with a ponytail. I've never seen that sort of thing. What is going on? Any? I've got nothing against, well... I've got nothing against ponytails per se, but I was just thrown a little when we cut to the the Daily Planet with Clark and Lois, and it seems like that other dude, Ron Troop, who I'm not too sure he might be a a regular cast member in the the canon that is Superman. He seems to get along with Jimmy later on. Uh, seems to be an employee of the Daily Planet, so he might well be a reg- regular. I'm only familiar, familiar. Sorry, um, I should have done my cheek exercises, you know, to so make sure I can articulate. The Human Torch robbed a bank, that sort of stuff. Anyway, um, I'm not too sure whether he's just as a regular employee as say like Steve Lombard. Uh, and Lois and Clark and Jimmy, I'm not too sure. But anyway, he, he features big in this issue. Uh, again, it must have happened off-panel or issues prior where he's had a run-in with Ramsey Murdoch, who we see later on, recognises him. Anyway, so this threw me, as I said, Clark in a ponytail. He just looks like Steven Seagal with glasses to me here. So uh, nothing against Steven Seagal. If there are Steven Seagal fans out there, I applaud you. I really, I really do applaud you. Anyway, um, so you know, there's a bit of an interaction with the daily in the Daily Planet. Lois again, she, she starts talking about some sort of prior event with some guy called Bloodsport. He's apparently he was burnt in his jail cell. I mean, that doesn't feature too much in this story, but um, and and didn't detract me who you know, again, as I said, came into this issue pretty cold. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I wonder who this Bloodport person was. It was just a little passing comment from her. Um, Yeah, uh, and a kind of roundabout goes. It's a nice little way to bring you up to speed, actually, in why Jimmy Olsen is no longer with the Daily Planet, because we see later on he's... Uh, and what Ron mentions to him is that, like, he's, he's freelancing, and Ron... Apparently there was some sort of friction between Ron and Jimmy, and and Jimmy assuaged Ron and saying, "Look, no, 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 it's not. I'm not angry with you. You're just doing your job." So all these events seem to have culminated in Jimmy leaving the Daily Planet during this particular time. I'm sure he goes back, you know, as comic book characters go. Anyway, so this is a nice little recap from Lois. Um, 
and then she, she and Clark decide to talk about, you know, where, where can we go? It's, you know, work hard, you play hard. And so they want to go to a nice little, um, a little place in San Fran, which I'm not too sure the geography of Metropolis. Is it close to San Francisco? Well, he actually mentions uh, a few thousand miles away. I think the narration says that. So pretty far away. Anyway, um, we just go, we cut back to an hour later, actually, in, in Midtown Metropolis, and uh, we got Ron, yeah, talking to Jimmy, and as I said, there's this kind of resolution between the two, um, I keep on forgetting who Jimmy's girlfriend is, uh, the name is popped as Lucy, uh, Lucy, Lucy Lane, I think she's the, is she the sister, uh, I think that's, that'd been an item, right, uh, and she kind of looks like her, I guess. Um, so I'm going to go with that. So any listeners, please pull me up. Please pull up Ray Zod and then I will obliterate you. Nah, only joking. <laughs> um, I'm not that evil, really. It's just a facade. Uh, what I usually like to do is um, uh, strolls on the beach and, and you know make, listen to the ocean as it comes in on the onto the uh, onto the shore. I'm really a peaceful sort of guy. Anyway, that aside. Or am I? <laughs> anyway, that aside, uh, as Ron goes out, uh, this is where he gets the interaction with Ramsey Murdoch. Um, and this is where I alluded to, he, he kind of um, recognised him from somewhere and he wrote an article on Ramsey. Let me just read this here to, to restore, rejog my memory. Uh, so he pretends to ask for spare change, he goes, I remember you too, Four Eyes. Saw you in the press box at my trial. Prison Bulls even let me read the article. Okay, so he just recognised him from the trial and uh, apparently he, he wrote a disparaging article on Ramsey. He's taken a little bit of a grudge. Against, well, he's a serial killer, so he doesn't really need much, does he? He doesn't need much of an excuse to uh, to do what he does. So there you go. Anyway, um, as we go along, we cut to an interesting establishing shot for San Francisco here. Um, for, for listeners that know this issue or have them in front of them, have it in front of them, uh, the establishing shot is a, a group of, I'm going to say here, sea lions. Uh, it's some sort of sea world. And you know how I know they're sea lions and not seals? And I learnt this myself. Um, if you see, if you look very, very closely at these sea lions, you'll see that they have little ears, right? So the the main way that you can tell the difference between a sea lion and a seal is that sea lions have the little ears. Thank you. Thank you. I will just refrain your applause. Um, I know, I know, I know. Tidbits. Razod knows a lot of useless information, but I am not lying. Check it out. Anyway, uh, so it's a cut back to San Fran. It's nice. This, I mean, this is obviously where Clark and Lois are are having their meal, uh, hand in hand, a ponytail draped at the back of the neck. Uh, so they're they're in a restaurant that kind of overlooks these sea lions. Anyway, um, love is in the air. Apparently, there's a lot of good nature, positivity as they wander around. But unfortunately, life is not like that. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. Things get in the way, and both their pages 
both their pages go off and it's the planet. Uh, and what has happened is they catch wind of Ramsay Murdoch taking Ron Troop as hostage in front of like everyone. Like, he's obviously got an agenda. We'll see what it is. But, uh, but of course, Clark decides to unfurl that ponytail and let it let it breathe in the wind and he becomes Superman with shackers uh, and there he goes uh, and, and so he flies back at 3,000 miles to the east so okay um, for those of you that do know your American geography San Fran 3,000 miles to the east now is that we're talking east coast or have they overshot the mark has David Michelini taken you you know, into the ocean there, unfortunately. Anyway, I think it's meant to be far away from San Fran. That's what he's saying. So we get to... Uh, interesting here, I'm having a look. Um, Ramsey Murdoch is holding at knife point Ron Troop. His back is against a statue, a monument of Jebediah Carlini. Um, I'm not too sure what that would be for. Anyway, um... I'm just sorry, I'm looking at the other billboards. It's always funny because sometimes the writers will put in, like, little messages. Uh, so I was just looking. No, there was Lex video copier as a cameras. I don't think that's anything. And there's the Witty Banter Show. It's banterific. Mm, yeah, it's pretty funny. Anyway, there's actually a few funny things in here. Um, I'll get to it. I just I just got reminded. So anyway, uh, Superman, Shackerman, he comes down full suit and he confronts Ramsey Murdoch uh, now from the way that he speaks to him um, I don't believe they've met before I don't believe they know each other uh, and certainly Superman doesn't know the capabilities of Ramsey Murdoch or as we, we are calling him saviour um, we don't know, he doesn't seem to know this is an, a, a funny turn of events though so Ramsey is is kind of uh, holding up a newspaper article uh, and it says duped again and it, and it shows an empty coffin and Superman is addressing what Ramsey's saying like you're, you're a fake, you're a deceiver and Superman's like really? What? Again? He goes the whole incident was one of Brainiac's mind games. The coffin in that picture is empty. So I'm not too sure what is happening here Um I didn't know Brainiac had any part to play in the death of Superman and, and such. Uh, he could well have... I don't know if Superman is playing mind games with um, Ramsey Murdoch. But anyway, what we see here, what I find interesting, is that Ramsey holds it up. And he, he holds it up um, towards Superman, and it's a blank. It's an empty coffin. Then he turns it around and has a look at it himself. And it, it definitely has um, Superman laid out in the coffin. So, um, so something's going, something's going on here. So basically Savior Ramsey Murdoch thinks the real Superman is dead because in his hand, there is a, a newspaper article showing Superman in the coffin, but, um, Superman is assuring him that no, it's one of Brainiac's games. He actually, that article that he's holding shows an empty coffin, but everyone seems to see Superman in it. So I'm not sure what's happening there. I'd really love, actually, this is a good opportunity, listeners, to tell Rezod, who has NFI, 
pretty much close to it uh, as to what has happened in su- uh, for Superman over the last 20 or 30 years. Oh, I actually should have said that. Over 80 years, really. I mean, let's be honest. Anyway, um, so Saviour slash Murdoch gets a little bit angry at that, at at, um, at not believing Superman's lies. More lies, he says. Uh, and I love this artwork here. Uh, Superman actually melts the the knife in his hand and again we have the glowing red eyes oh i don't know i don't know it's it's touchy water you know with the red eyes i don't know if there are fans if there are listeners listening big fans of superman no doubt i don't know whether they take umbrage with this or whether they don't mind that his eyes are red i'm just going to leave it i'm going to skirt around it because you know i don't want conflict despite my Rezorian exterior, um, I I don't want to ruffle your feathers. You know, we're all here for Superman. That's all that matters. Anyway, so he melts the knife. Ramsey Murdoch gets royally pissed off, and he's actually used the knife to carve... Crazy, silly bugger. He's carved a, an S symbol, the Superman symbol on his forehead. So he, he shows it. And now we are talking Battle Royale, baby. This is good. This is what I wanted to see because, you know, Razod remembers page one. I remember what uh, Ramsey Murdoch can do. So anyway, um, he starts to grow, similar to like page one. You know, he's got the Hulk thing happening. But all of a sudden, he can change his attire as well. He starts wearing the Superman costume. So you, you're looking at a, a roided up ramsey murdoch in the superman costume and then his his hair changes as well i'm not too sure about his hair if that if that indeed is a headpiece um it looks very zodonian i'm gonna say uh so i'm gonna claim that but uh if anyone else knows maybe they can tell me is it meant to be a riff off doomsday i don't know but anyway so he's ready to battle superman's going oh geez i didn't know this guy could do that i thought it was just a i'm assuming he thought it was just a regular a regular crim, but uh, he's looking pretty good. He's got like a like a doomsday, you know that that kind of bloodied S symbol on his chest. Um, anyway, so Lois is in the crowd. She knows that Superman's going to have his work cut out for him, and he just hammers him. Like Superman charges at him, uh, but he makes short work of it, and he just pummels Superman. Superman's okay, like you know, under the barrage of punches. He's kind of go, what the hell is going on here? This guy's strong, right? It's not just muscle strength. He's just really strong. Um, and we see then, and this is a funny little thing from Michelini. I'm going to say there's a little kid, right? And it's his mum, I'm assuming, or maybe Minder, Nanny. So the little kid's got a little ray gun. He's got, I'll save you, soupy man, pow, pow, pow. And he's got this little toy gun. <laughs> maybe it's a stranger. And she goes, get back here, you idiot. Uh, I mean, darling. <laughs> so, I like these little quirky things. I like these. It should have a little. I like to be a fly on the wall in that family, you know. Um, so the kid, anyway, he gives um, Savior an idea, and he, out of thin air, similar to like the knife at the beginning, brings out a real ray gun, and he just shoots the hell out of Superman. Down he goes. He thinks he's victorious, but Superman, we all know, is pretty damn good. Uh, up he flies, saying Satan says hi, and just smashes him. And again, you know, within, what's that? Is that within a page? Uh, yeah, within a page or so, we get another panel of some sort of funny 
kind of side character. And I don't know if this character is meant to be someone else as well because he's got a distinct face. It's kind of like a a bar fly. He comes out of a, a pub and he goes, Oh, I never should have had that last spritzer. Uh, what next? Pink elephants. Um, I thought it was pretty funny. But actually it was used as a technique for Saviour to come up with his next kind of obstacle for Superman. And what he does, he conjures up these demonic pink elephants um, that kind of savage the town. Everyone's kind of running for their lives. It's pretty cool. Really good um, art here. But Kieran Dwyer, I, I must say, in this particular instance with the, the pink elephants and the people in the foreground, I'm not going to lie, there's a little bit of Greg Smallwood in that. Um, really nice faces, really nice. Uh, and even the, the panel underneath, which shows... Um, oh, my God, I don't even know who she is because she's only... She's only referred to as Toots, and she says, Friends call me Cat. Uh, or Miss Grant. Cat Grant, I guess. Uh, no one calls me Toots. There's a little side thing here again. Again, I think it's something that has been ongoing, uh, simmering away in the background. Um, she seems to be some sort of director. Uh, the cameraman's not happy with it, and he, he grizzles away going, you know, um, I could have wiggled my way into a promotion too, uh, uh, you know, if I, if I was a woman, that sort of thing. So really unfair call for her. So she kind of thinks, oh, God, you know, is this is this how I got my position? It's not from my skill and ability. Um, so anyway, Kat Grant, her name kind of rings a bell. Uh, ah, rings a bell, Kat. That's pretty funny. Any, anyway, um, again, really good art. I must say, I'm going to call out the really good art there with Kat Grant there is... Is that what they all think? Actually, you know, that's what she's thinking. She's not She's not doubting her ability. She's actually doubting whether everyone else thinks that she is in... Uh, she has gotten in that position um, through, like, you know, through easy means. Um, so then, anyway, that's a little aside. We get back into the action. Superman versus Pink Elephants. I never thought I'd say that, but I'm happy that I did. Um, and anyway, he he makes some work of them before Saviour catches him uh, and starts to, you know, bear hug him. Superman uses his heat vision to give Saviour an idea. So he retaliates with heat vision, like fire vision. I know, he just blasts Superman and he blasts a whole lot of the buildings behind him. So all the buildings are on fire. Superman's in, um, you know, he's in a bit of trouble. He's wondering what to do. So he's using his arctic breath to, um, to blow it all out. Uh, but whilst he does that, he can't tend to Saviour. Uh, and so we see Saviour creeping up to him, and what does Ron Troop do? Decides to distract him. He's got to help Superman in some way, because uh, Saviour's just going to pummel our Shaka Superman while he tries to put out the fire. Uh, and this is kind of the... I mean, this is the climax of it, and this is a bit of smarts from Ron Troop. Um, uh, he draws upon his knowledge of... Ramsey Murdoch from conducting interviews in um, in formulating his his article on him, and he's uh, he's learnt kind of like a, a little bit of the the psychology of a savior, and he uses that um, he he uses that to basically put doubt in savior, saying like you know you're doing this you're kind of beating your your chest because you're so insecure basically. Um, uh, you kept on screwing up, you're fixated on Superman because he's all that you're not. So he's really kind of really kind of mentally beating on him. 
Uh, and I like this little panel. While Saviour is struggling with all this in the background, Superman just thinks it's almost out. He's he's focused on taking out the, the burning buildings. Um, anyway, so what we see is gradually Saviour, he, he diminishes in size because I guess he's losing that confidence. Um, he's being confronted with these insecurities of his, which, um, funnily enough... Um, He's kind of like he's he's being undone by the truth, um, so he's all about you know um, searching for the truth, uh, fighting against the deceiver, a faker, um, but it's the truth that really gets him himself because uh, he's exposed to who, kind of the person he really is. Um, so it, it, by that stage, he's down on his knees. He's kind of dejected, demoralized. Uh, and and Ron quickly kind of heads up. Superman, come on, come on, get over here. Um, Savior catches wind of this, but he isn't able to make himself invulnerable in time. And Superman quickly uh, throws in a haymaker, and he's down for the count. So he's incapacitated in that sense. Um. So basically, that's the end of the fight. That was pretty cool. And there's a little bit of an afterward uh, wrap up. Um, some interesting points here. Um, so everything that Murdoch conjures up is like not really real. Like so, Lois points out that they retrieved the gun, that ray gun that he produced and shot Superman with. They reveal it was hollow. Um, Clark mentions about the elephants. They actually took one and made an autopsy or, or conducted an autopsy, and there was nothing there but meat. So there were no organs, no brain. So they were basically like puppets. Um, and so they surmise that um, they really um, they really worked only because uh, Murdoch was was kind of consciously um, willing them. So there is a connection there. He, they're not totally independent, you know. So he hasn't cre- he's not like God in that sense where he actually creates life. He he's created just um, extensions of himself. Like I, I guess he can um, produce physical. Um, manifestations of his thoughts uh, but he he really needs to control them himself Um, so anyway uh, that pretty much wraps it Um, let me just hang on there's a little bit here maybe it makes more sense for Brainiac so Lois says you know Brainiac creates things illusions and Murdoch serial killing started about the time Brainiac made the world believe Superman's body was still in the coffin. Oh yeah, so they think there's some sort of correlation between Brainiac and this savior guy. I'm I'm quite interested. I don't know what the hell, um, how the hell this serial killer has um, acquired these powers. Um, but I'm all I'm all for it. You know, if it's Brainiac involved, then I'm in. I'm in. I'm in for sure. Here we go. <laughs> um, I was about to say something else, but I've been told that that saying does not totally mean what it means. So I've just held back from that. That's why you got an odd kind of trail off there. Anyway, in in, a real uh, epilogue, we see in Star Labs, as eloquently and efficiently said in the synopsis, uh, we have the Star Labs uh, conducting tests on Ramsey Murdoch. They've got him in some sort of suspended animation. And... uh, and yeah, the the um the guards are saying, well, you know, so this is a guy that can just create things just by thinking about them. And the other guy, yeah, that's him. Because oh, well, what happens if he dreams? 
So that, that is a scary thought because if he does gain, well, actually, I was about to say if he gains consciousness, he doesn't even need to. If he starts dreaming stuff, I mean, even he doesn't control that on a conscious level. Um, so that could open the door to many things. Uh, so anyway, um, um, this issue ends with a special thanks to Brett Breeding as well. Um, I'm not sure his relevance, but I thought it was a pretty fun. I thought it was a pretty fun adventure. I mean, to be honest, um, despite the fact that there were a few things kind of going on, look, it wasn't that bad in the sense that it wasn't that. Um, distracting to the overall story um, there was enough there for me to glean to actually kind of go along with the story uh, if I compare it to the likes of say there's um, one issue of De- Deceased that I read for a comic book review on another podcast I was totally lost and th- uh, to be fair that was a, a um, an event book so it's a little different but um, that that was a, a sense of you were thrown in the middle and you know you're spending half the time trying to catch up rather than enjoying the story in this uh this sense i in this issue i found that not a problem at all um so there you go i would um i'll give this i mean this is not an it's it's a fun issue it's not just it's not fantastic it's not like a memorable or or uh it's not going to last the test of time and for the ages and stuff like that so uh i'd give it a um I'll give it a six and a half. A six and a half is usually my yardstick for something that is quite decent. Uh, it's above average, but it's it's not, you know, it's not remarkable in that sense. Uh, the art was fantastic. I loved Kieran Dwyer's stuff. And like I said, I am a fan of Michelini as well. The the, uh, the writing, the dialogue uh, kind of flowed for me, so that was good. The, nothing bogged me down in any regards. Uh, and, and it had enough of, like, some sub thread subplots in there uh, to keep the thing interesting and I'm imagining for fans that have been regularly reading uh, action comics there's enough there for them to to really kind of sink their teeth into so uh, yeah six and a half I think that's pretty damn good uh, okay so uh, did get some feedback which I'm really happy um, so thank you so much listeners this is really cool uh, let me just see I'm going to start with a short one. So, uh, good, uh, look, a great freaking person here, James Young. Uh, so, James uh, listens and he, he's a Patreon to uh, the other podcasts I do, Into the Night, The Moon Not Podcast. He's uh, a fantastic bloke. Uh, so, hi, James. A big shout out to you. He's dropped in a, a horrendous picture, I must say, but let me put it into context. Um, so I asked, you know, I put a discussion thread out and he said, I've never read this one in order to properly discuss it, but the teeth on this cover are pretty badass. And he's got a picture of, I don't know what it is. It's some sort of hideous alien or some sort of horror themed creature. I'm not too sure, but, um, but thank you, James. Uh, certainly. And I had, a, had to have a little look back. Look, I think Savior's teeth on the front cover are pretty, pretty good. I think he's referring to James. I think you're referring to Superman's. There's a little bit of gum there. Uh, and almost Xenomorph. Oh, I don't know. Superman's a little Xenomorphy there. I should have picked up the Shackers there on the front cover. I didn't. Uh, he does have longer hair there. Uh, again, no, having said that, though, I, do, I did enjoy the front cover. I should have mentioned that. Um, I loved how it was actually the, the cover was framed by Saviour. Like, so he actually is not in fully 
in the panel, if you can call that, of the front cover. But he's so big, uh, and his chest with that bleeding S Superman symbol is right above Superman as he's um, he's clutched Superman's neck and kind of strangling him. Uh, it's actually a very strong, uh, strong cover, and probably. Probably one of the reasons why I picked it is it kind of I was drawn to it. Um, so I think it is a very strong cover, actually, indeed. Uh, and Xavier's uh, costume is very simple. So it's black, and then it's red and yellow, and then he's got some metallic gauntlets. Um, but I like I like the aesthetics of his costume. Um, you know, some would say it's akin to Zordonian's. You know, I'm not saying that. Other people have said that. I'm just saying. So, um, thank you for that, James. Uh, and on Twitter, and before I get into this one as well, I'm sure I saw something from Adam. So, good friend of the show, Adam, talking Superman. I couldn't find your comments. I I, I am like 90% sure that you left some. I checked the message boxes. I checked Twitter. I checked Facebook. I couldn't find it. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. Anyway, Adam, love to hear from you, buddy. Okay. Um, this is from yet another great... Great listener, great Superman fan here, Patrick D. Ryle. So a big, a big hi to Patrick. Always great to hear from you, my good sir. And anyway, on Twitter, Patrick says, Truth has always been the first value cited in Superman's credo, um, which makes sense for a hero who is also an investigative reporter. True. Savior's ability to manifest untruths is an understandable design for a Superman villain. Uh, to manifest untruths. Actually, that is a very good way to put it, Patrick. Yeah, actually, I... True. Wow. I, um, so, again, I did not discover that... I did not consider the nature of his powers, but it seems that, um, yeah, his powers are all based on what he really isn't, all, all untruths. Very good. Uh, his seeming worship... Uh, his seeming worship of the idea of Superman is also a potentially interesting facet. That said, I don't think he's ever really been given a story that uses the concept to its full t- full potential, this story included. I tend to agree, I, though I'm wondering, this is part of a, of a bigger arc, Patrick, anyway. Anyway, I, I, I am addressing my questions to the written word of Patrick Roll. I don't think it's going to answer me back. But anyway, Patrick continues, as one of Ron Troop's few big fans... Oh. A lot of people don't like him. I enjoy seeing him get a bit of focus, including an interaction with Lucy that will lead to bigger things down the line. <gasps> what are you talking about, Patrick? This has got me excited. Anyway, um, I'm going to go and finally, Patrick says, reading this issue on its own, I really note how many ongoing plots there are. I consider it a strength of the era, but I bet it would be daunting to a new reader. Now, interesting, Patrick, because um, as I mentioned uh, there were a few plots here, but I don't think it detract. Well, it didn't detract it. F- uh, the issue for me at all, and I'm going in as cold as, you know, as cold as a witch's tit. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it, I thought it was great. Um, but as I mentioned, for those that have been reading the ongoing series and plots, I reckon you would have you would have loved it. You probably would have appreciated it on a, on a on a higher level because there's a lot more depth for you in that sense because it, it, it plums all those other plots. Um, but for some, you know, regular Joe like me, I thought it was fine, actually. I, I really enjoyed this story and it wants me to kind of potentially look at um, the connecting parts to this, maybe on either side of 713, I don't know, um, because it seems he's certainly 
Saviour certainly has been in and around. I might do a wiki on Saviour and then have a look at his issues that he's involved in. Because it's very interesting how he can just conjure up stuff. Like, it's very powerful what he can do. Um, he's just got to expand his mind and, and the things that he could achieve would be just amazing. So anyway, uh, a big thank you there, Patrick. A big thank you, James. Uh, and a big thank you, Adam, um, for your phantom message. I'm sure it's there somewhere, Adam. Um, yes, I think it was along the lines of, um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Adam, a big thank you anyway. <laughs> uh, so there you go. There you go, super fans. I'm going to leave it at that. You've probably had enough of Razod whistling in your ear, you know, being the devil on your shoulder. Although it, if, if I can influence you in any way, I, I do recommend you give this issue a read. It's not going to set your world on fire, but it's a bit of fun. Uh, if you've got like five, ten minutes, just read it. It's, uh, it's pretty cool, uh, and it might lead to bigger and better things. Uh, as mentioned, I might check out um, some saviour stuff. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, listeners, a huge thank you for bearing with me. Hopefully Conorel will be back in action soon, uh, and we can get this ship righted and set sail for you know the new promised land um but before that i bid you adieu and uh, and hope you have a good a good rest of the week slash new week depending on when this comes out and uh yeah we'll uh i'll catch you then in a couple of weeks catch you later superman and all other characters in these comics are properties of dc any images or music we use are properties of their respective copyright holders. We are doing this for fun and not making money off it, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at lskpodcast at gmail.com and find us on our Libsyn, lskpodcast.libsyn.com, our Twitter, at lskpodcast, our Facebook page, Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. And last but not least, thank you everyone for listening.